Hey, what's going on? It's Anthony with Anti-Everything Podcast, where we talk about everything anti, whatever the hell that means. Um, So, this installment is going to be a little different. I don't think I ever... Maybe I have. Anyway, I haven't... Well, I know I haven't gone full-on decoder on this particular podcast. I normally, you know, break down and decode movies on the podcast I have with Kay, which is called Unhinged. Uh, podcast, um, but this particular film she wasn't so interested in uh, watching, and, and it happens, you know, that's the BFF, and sometimes you know we just don't kind of see eye to eye about a, a film, which is absolutely cool with me. Um, totally get it, but um, but you know I watched it uh, reluctantly. Um, I didn't really want to watch it um, mainly because uh, everybody kind of was watching it. And, um, you know, sometimes I just, I, I like to decode things that's a little off the beaten path, like a film that not so many people, you know, watched. And this film, I knew from the topic of the film that it was something kind of decodable beyond, you know, the obvious. I'm going to get there in a minute. But um, the film is... Uh, they cloned Tyrone, the Netflix film. They cloned Tyrone. Um, spoiler alerts, major spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, stop right now and watch it and come back here and see if you saw what I saw or if it resonates. But again, major spoiler alerts. Um, so, right. So I, I watched it. Um, last night so the night before I'm recording this and um the start the film stars uh John Boyega Jamie Foxx and I can't pronounce her name for shit I just call her Bay but it's uh Tayone Paris Tayone Paris uh it's okay to say Bay because you know it's a celebrity right so you know celebrity Bay right anyway uh, the film follows um, mainly uh, those three characters. Um, John Benega is a drug dealer. Jamie Foxx is a pimp. And uh, Miss Paris is a as a hoe. She's a hoe under uh, Jamie Foxx's character. So, um, you know, shenanigans ensues. Um, you know, they discover this... Um, this that they're cloning black people underground. I'm not gonna get into the major specifics of the film because um, it's it, it'll be a lot, and I don't want to like give a play by play of the film. It, it'll just it'll take too long. Um, but they, I mainly want to talk about though the the subtle message that was uh, given from the movie. Anyway. Uh, so they find they figured this out. They figured out that John Bonega's character and Jamie Foxx's character is also their clones. So they're clones. Uh, one scene shows the John Bonega character getting you know killed in some drug deal or some, some gang violence. Then he just wakes back up, but Jamie Foxx's character remembers him getting killed. So he comes back to. You know Jamie Foxx's hotel, and Jamie Foxx like, what? What the hell? Like, I saw you get killed. He's like, they don't retain the memory of a death because they're anyway. They they got multiple clones of them, 
and multiple clones of other specific people underground. Not every, not the entire place. Not everybody had a clone, just specific pe- people. Uh, those two, the preacher, um, and just some other people, multiple you know, clones. They also, you know, this, these, this shadow group was also, you know, putting chemicals in the foods um, and, and fried chicken and, and, you know, the scene where they're eating the fried chicken in the restaurant and everybody's laughing, acting silly. And they realize they put this powdery stuff um, uh, in the chicken to make them act like that. So it was the chicken. It was music. Um, they, you know, they, they did some mind control with the music with purple Kool-Aid with perm. You know, they, 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 you know, gradually discovered all of these, um, these things. Right. So, uh, so it gets to the point where, you know, they're going back and forth and forth and back. And, um, one of the, he wasn't a leader, but, um, it was, it was a guy, Keith, Keith Sutherland, his character, he was uh, not necessarily in control of everything, um, but he had to play his part more like a security with the situation, you know, with the whole town. This town was called Glen, um, you know, black neighborhood uh, or what have you. Um, uh, so uh, with, with with that, you know, that's, that's the kind of the film. And of course... You know, the you know they figure it out and they rally the whole neighborhood and they go down to these caves and you know disrupt the system and free the the clones and now the clones are walking around and news is out there and the whole conspiracy was blown wide open right boom right then the final shot of the film shows John Benegas John Benegas. John Boyega's John Boyega yeah John Boyega's whatever the guy (laughs) character um which his name was Fontaine so at this point you're wondering like well who the fuck is Tyrone right (laughs) right like who like no Tyrone popped up anywhere in the film so the last four minutes it shows John Boyega's character waking up they popping up like he always do after he was killed in California. And it's a different setting, but everything is templated the same. Went to the same, like, like a same store, scratched off the same, the same, uh, scratch off ticket, walked past this homeless guy, poured liquor. Like, it was templated all the same, but now for now it wasn't in this, this city called Glen. It was in probably Los Angeles, California, you know. And uh, so him and his friends are watching the news and they're watching the news report coming from whatever city, Glen State, this city was in about clones. And they're looking at different clones and trying to ask the clones questions. And of course, the clones cannot talk because they wasn't fully processed to integrate to whoever they was going to mimic. And I'll get back to that. And um, so the camera pans on, um, was it? No, it wasn't Fontaine. It was Fontaine's clone. And so he's, so this clone in California is looking at the screen and his friend's like, yo, 
Tyrone. Ain't that you? So you realize he is he's Tyrone. And so you don't know who, you know, came first or, you know, whatever. Then the film goes off. The film goes off and, and the credit scene was so dope. It was Erica Badu's You Better Call Tyrone, but they changed some of the lyrics to fit the movie. You know, she said, I think you better call Tyrone. And then, you know, it never would say call them, but it says they cloned them, you know, and they changed some lyrics. The part where she says, and you can't use my phone, she says, and they tap in our phones. It's just really dope, really, really dope little, uh, I won't call it an Easter egg, but whatever. So that's the gist of the film, right? So now here's, you know, the Anthony breakdown from it all. Um, the obviousness of the film was, um, and where, you know, I, like last night after the film, I kind of scoured the internet, the TikToks and Instagrams to see what people's thoughts of the film, like what did they pull from the film, from the film. And, um, it was more or less the same, you know, oh, they're cloning us, uh, oh, they're, they're the mind control, they're poisoning our foods, and religion is not real, and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's all mind control, and whatever, um, and that was the obvious, I mean, it was, it was glaring from the name of the, the fucking film, right, I mean, it's called The Clone Tyrone, and, um, that's the obvious, you know, like, you know, uh, and so, um, I quickly, however, I quickly, um, within the first five minutes deciphered that this film is way more nefarious than that, like way more. Um, and it wasn't a story. It wasn't a story that was to be taken as if it happened in a version of a real world in the film, if that makes sense. Um, so in the film, you immediately get a 70s vibe immediately, you know, from the clothing to the cars to the tech technology. You know, a certain people have flip phones. They didn't have flip phones in the 70s, but, you know, so you'll, you'll, you'll get this weird they're stuck in some weird time loop kind of situation to where, you know, every TV you saw was one of those big back TVs. Every computer you saw was those big ass computers and the cars were these old cars, you know, in the film. Um, some of the, some of the, again, some of the clothing was, was very old from the seventies or eighties and, and even early nineties. Um, but then they would talk about like, recent things, you know, uh, they, they talked about Obama, um, they talked about some other things that was in now times, in times of now, so you know they're not quite in the past, but, you know, whatever, so that immediately told me that this, this doesn't make sense, and so when films are telling you, don't take this as this is actually happening, not in a real world, obviously, but not in a version of a real world concept. That this is probably something more mental or more in the mind kind of deal. 
and that this is the same thing with the movie us and i'll, I'll get there later um so when i saw that immediately i kind of you know figured out this is not something that was to be taken to be in a version of a real world um very early on in the movie to kind of uh, verify this confirmation you know fontaine's vehicle uh, you know they had you know shot it in a way to where it's uh showing his license plate and his license plate said um what the, what the name of the state should be it just said a swell place you know a swell place um which you know whatever what I mean one can also decipher well maybe this whole town of Glen um was just a separate kind of maybe they were isolated they never confirmed that it was never kind of the, the thing so you, you I didn't really go down that path because there was no other circumstantial evidence to, to suggest a thing so whatever um either or could be true who cares um so uh, the the film uh what I quickly realized about the film um God, I want to say a certain thing, but I just I don't want to open up that Pandora's box because I don't want to. I don't want to, and I'm not. I'm really convincing myself not to say this certain particular thing, um, but I fucking want to, and I'm going to fucking say it. Fuck it, I lost. So, watching the film with with Bree, right? Uh, it got to the point of the film to where I wanted to discuss a thing. I wanted to, to discuss uh, something, uh, a correlation of the film that I that you know I saw from the movie uh, Us from Jordan Hill. So I paused the film, and uh, when I paused the, paused the film, I paused it with um, with one minute and eleven seconds left. So this this was a random pausing. This wasn't like a planned pausing. I randomly had a thought and hit pause. And it paused with one minute and 11 seconds to go. But you know, one left is kind of like my, my number. So I, I just went on this whole thing talking about... Um, talking about the, the film so far and, you know, what I'm getting from it. And, you know, just, just a quick little kind of thing. I want to get some things off my chest. And so I, I talked about just different things but then <laughs> when it came to um i'm so hesitant of, of talking about this i'm so hesitant to talk about this i feel the hesitation i'm like completely stalling um when i so um Actually, I'm not gonna talk about this. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna talk about this, I, and I, and I apologize. I'm not gonna edit this out because I'm too fucking lazy. But I, I'm not gonna talk about this. Um. At any rate, uh, so in the film, you know, whatever. So, the the film was so you know, everybody was looking for the obvious, right? They're cloning him and they're cloning us. So. I'm going to go and tell a story that happened to me about, ooh, I don't think baby girl, oh, my daughter was born, so it had to be about maybe 15 or 16 years ago, she was very little, 
nothing to do with her, but that's kind of how I gauge how when things happen to me. It's like you know the birth of my my, my daughters. You know. um, so uh, really quickly, uh, believe it or not, guys, I was a youth pastor. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, in my early twenties, um, ordained by the way. Um, and I up and left the church, whatever, boom. At this point, I was struggling to find any kind of something, you know what I mean? Uh, once you have religion in your mind, you're going to find it in one way or the other. You can leave one, but you will find another structured thing because that's what a lot of people need is a structure or something to believe in in community, right? So first I went from being agnostic, oh, I'm agnostic, and I was a part of that group which is, you know, whatever. Then I went through my Afro's, uh, my Afro-centric phase, you know. And um, in this phase, so we're going to pause there. I jumped that phase into another one before I, I'm where I am now, which is like, you know, anti-everything pretty much. <laughs> uh, but anyway, in this, um, in this particular phase, I started listening to a lot of guys in that genre. And I came across a particular guy um, Bobby Hemet, uh, he was more of a, um, he wasn't really Afrocentric, kinda, but he, he really was on the occult side of things, like, he spoke about the hitting, you know, culture, the, the occult, you know what I mean, into, like, the chakras and the, the, the whole thing, in the occult, you know, occult science, you know, um, which is fucking fantastic, um, whatever, so Bobby Hemet, right, so I listened to one of his CDs, right, I had the CD, and on one of his particular CDs, he, and this was six, 15, 16 years ago, and he was saying like back in the 90s, there was this uh, apartment uh, project housing in Atlanta. And he explained that in that particular uh, project area, they abruptly closed all of the projects, every, everyone had to leave that huge complex, the huge complex overnight. Uh, it was a large, you know, area uh, with multiple housing. So they kicked everybody out like overnight. And he said when that happened, a lot of people within that housing project came up missing, right? Came up missing. And um, people were saying, hey, there were people there there were like these guys in suits coming from under the ground you know grabbing people and pulling them pulling them down on the ground and um he said this has happened to multiple projects over the decades and it would always be kind of queued up with the the same kind of template it will be the project will be right next to or behind a uh, railroad, a training system, and they said that they they they, they heard trains and in the you know police and agents just rushed there was kicking everybody out. Okay, heard that story, and it was like, damn, that's crazy. You know, of course, you know, conspiracy theories just you know go run rapid with that. Heard it was like that's crazy. Didn't think much of it. Four years later, we have a here in Miami. It was a housing project here called the Scott. Well, the nickname was called the Scotts Project. I don't know what the actual name of the project was, but you know, in the hood, you, you guys just name a project, place, whatever the, the nickname was. So I don't know the actual name. Maybe it was called Scotts. I don't know, but it was a, again a large complex. And then one day, randomly, 
you see like police taping all around every single area of this large area and the night before they kicked everybody out and it was this whole big thing and I was like hey like I don't recall something like this so whatever so maybe about some days go by maybe a couple of weeks go by I see that someone created a very large board right so let's imagine maybe they put together four four by eight plywoods to make this huge um make to make this huge eight by I guess it would be 16 eight by uh 16 huge board and they wrote the names of everybody they cannot find after that exodus of the complex and I stopped and I drove by and I saw and I stopped and I, and I parked it was at the edge of the the edge of the pro where the project housing would have been right on the main um a main avenue here in Miami 22nd avenue so I parked my car and I went in to go look and guys this wasn't one or two names here this was like if I had to estimate it was about maybe 70 to 100 names we can't find boom 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 and I and I'm like what well, goddamn like this is not just one or two people then there was a um a news report about I remember oh people saying I cannot find my cousin I cannot find my brother I cannot find my father you know you know and so what the local government did was they gave everybody housing vouchers to move in certain particular areas which again is was a was a ploy so what they did was gave people I'm going way off topic but I'm getting back to the movie and why this is relevant so they gave people housing vouchers these housing vouchers they gave only were to be deemed be redeemed at certain locations so they pushed a lot of those people and then guys in these projects housing projects probably thousands of people so just time to think of a large area they kind of push a lot of those people say hey we'll give you an apartment no problem you're not paying anything but you got to be this particular apartment in this particular area which they moved a lot of them to miami gardens um miami gardens was a recent um um, recent sub city in Miami. You know, it was up and coming. They didn't have a police force up there. They moved a lot of those people to that area. Um, then they moved a lot of the, then the other, the rest, they moved towards South Miami in a certain area. And it, it's my, to my opinion, they were doing that to get a certain kind of people to a certain area. I used to live in Miami Gardens. Miami Gardens that's why I lived actually I lived there at that time it was a very nice area nice really nice area and not to say you know well to say it because that that's what happened I was I, I was there to witness this happen um the once that transition made where all these people rushed to this particular area it drug the entire area down a lot of crime drive-bys crazy to the point to where they had to create a police force um, the Miami Gardens Police Department had they had to create a police force specifically just for Miami Gardens. Um, before it was kind of a Carroll City area, didn't have any police force really. But when this happened, they had to now build the Carroll City, the sorry, the Miami Gardens Police Department. 
Um, so they strategically put, you know, people in those areas that was filled with crime and violence and murder and prostitution, all that kind of stuff. They pushed them over to, in my opinion, to drag down the value of that area, which worked. Because if you look at now, the um, the housing cost up there is more expensive uh, now because they drug it down to lower the property value of all these things and then people a lot of certain people moved in the area who bought low but now they rid then they rid everybody now and now it's like a a thing now um very interesting kind of concept but i don't want to go there completely um but anyway and so then i looked i was like holy shit it's a big ass train a railroad literally right behind this housing project and I'm like like damn I heard the same exact thing four or five years ago anyway so with this particular film um by them dragging them the by you know in certain houses they would have elevators and closets you know what I mean and so for them so this reminded me of that but this is how they get you this is how you know they get us right is that they they now do i think what they're saying is is actual yes i do i do believe what they're saying is actual but i think they that they did that and perfected that in the 70s and 80s i think they've done that in the 70s and 80s and that now they have a new whatever new operation in place to where that's obsolete this is why they're giving it to you now. They they may not, not even be doing it at this point anymore. It was it was an old experiment they did in the 70s, 80s, probably early 90s. They don't do it anymore. You know? I believe that. I believe that that whole thing uh, died off. So do I believe it? It's actual? Yes. But that's not the purpose, in my opinion, of the movie. Um, the larger purpose for me of the movie is, is the why. You know, like, and so in the film, um, you know, so basically, you know, the neighborhood of Glenn won, right? The neighborhood of Glenn won, right? At the end of the movie, they, you know, they freed all the um, clones and they had all these reports out and all the evidence was out, you know? And so the final um, crescendo here, you see that. Um, Fontaine, the John Benegas character, the drug dealer, that he, it was three versions of him. It was him, the maybe late 20 year old something. There was uh, the Keith or the Keith Sutherland's character had a bodyguard, which was a clone of Fontaine, but he was older, maybe like his late 40s. <clears throat> and then the crescendo of it all, the one who's behind everything, who created the tech for the the clones and everything, was Fontaine, was the original Fontaine. But he, at this point, he's like 70, 75 years old. And they were sitting in a room and he was explaining that he did this because in a, in a movie, it shows that Fontaine had a little brother who died very young from being shot by the police, whatever. So this character, uh, 
the older Fontaine, the 75 plus scientist Fontaine was explaining that, uh, oh yeah, I gave all the clones the memory of having a brother, but you never had a brother. I had the brother. And that when we were very young, you know, he died and I had to wash his skin um, from all the black blood that was dried on him at the, at the morgue because they didn't come bother. So his plan was to um, tag along with this secret organization, which they never would name. He was like, oh, I had to get in bed with them so I can complete my mission of... And then Glenn, they were doing this experiment on... The conclusion of the experiment was to, over generations, turn black people change their DNA and change them to white people so the whole world would be just only white you know this this ridiculous kind of notion and in the background it had these huge tools with in the show clones and the progression of them turning white right so when I heard that I'm like no I'm like this is not the this is not it and so jumping you know the Fontaine the, the protagonist of the film the young one he figured out this, you know, there was a trigger word, word to say to certain black people that the powers to be knew, and that was the mind control, because they mind controlled the clones. And remember, at this point, Fontaine is a clone right now. You know, he's a clone. And it, it was called um, Olympia Black. That was the code. So when he say it, the cl- any clone in the area would freeze. So the young John... The young Fontaine said it, and the man said, well, I'm not a clone. But remember, the other clone, the security of the 40-year-old Fontaine was in there. He's like, oh, no, it's for him. He's like, shoot him. So he shot and killed the 75-year-old one, whatever. Then, you know, whatever. And so this is where the film, for me, got, you know, got more fearful, right? So... Jamie Foxx's character, which I fully believe that they templated his character from one of the, uh, from a deity from African culture, um, um, uh, Anasi, 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 I can't recall, but he is a trickster deity and he, he is depicted to be or can morph into um, a spider, you know, and he also can shape shift like a lot of um, tricksters throughout different mythologies. Um, and so, if you watch American God, it was um, oh, what's that guy named Orlando Bloom or something, the, the, the tall black guy in American Gods, who always gave those speeches and and, and, and monologues about the film, which is actually fucking excellent. He did one um, on a slave ship. He went back to they flashed back to slavery time and he was on this uh, on a slave ship dressed fancy and whatever and giving this monologue that was chef kiss okay, um, but anyway he 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 actually played um um a Nessies in that movie, but Jamie Fer- Fox character I believe was templated for that because you know he was very flashy you know he's a pimp you know he was, he was flashy and his ramblings was kind of a thing and but um but more so he um they chose Jamie Foxx for this this character Jamie Foxx to me is a you know that trickster energy he can mimic like his impersonations are just second to none 
he, he gets into roles and he becomes these people. You know what I mean? In different roles, like you know, like Ray and some other ones he's been in. He just he morphs into like these characters. So you know, I thought it was curious, interesting they chose Jamie Foxx for this character, but um, and the way that he would uh, over you know kind of trump over the adversary even in this film was through trickery. You know, like like the sleight of hand. You know what I mean? And one attribute that was given to uh, Anessi, just knowing a little bit about him, was that, you know, he always found ways to overcome a um, a larger or more powerful adversary by using trickery. And that's what happened, actually, in the film, um, in multiple different areas, that like he used the sleight of hand, the, you know, he used his bravado and whatever. Um, <clears throat> so, but anyway, so they... they uh, they they captured Yo Yo, which was you know Miss Paris's character, the the hoe, and Fontaine and you know Jamie Foxx character wanted to go get her. So Jamie Foxx character, the pimp, came up with a plan to fake kill Fontaine so they can drag him. When you die, they come and pick your body up and put you in the in the lab. Then they release the new vert, the new clone of you out. You know, so they fake shot him. He fake faked his death. Now, guys, remember, at this point, it's known at this point. They literally have cameras everywhere. Um, every single corner of this place has a recording or a camera, right? And so, they come up with this scheme. All these, you know, these drug dealers come up with this scheme along with Jamie Foxx's character. So, it, they executed. He, you know, happened. You know, he got shot in the shoulder. They came and got him and put him down. You know, they put him down in the bottom uh, layers of the whatever the underbelly whatever and of course they released the new Fontaine which Jamie Foxx character quickly kind of grabbed and tied him up because again he don't remember anything but the other one who's supposedly dead is now in the lair he went down there to cause havoc and find Yo-Yo and free her and the whole thing and then Jamie Foxx character now rallied every gangster in the whole town, you know, hundreds of, of dudes with guns to go. So they went to like a corner store. And so the white people that were there doing the controlling is the one that would be on the surface level pretending to be the managers of this, pretending to be the DJs or what have you. They were white and they all had afros. They were white and they had afros. So all these black people go into the corner store and they're like, hey, they're behind the bulletproof glass. Hey, basically like, you know, where is the elevator to go down? You know, and they're shooting. They, they shot a gun in the air and he just pointed at it. And then so down in, in the bottom, Fontaine, you know, kind of held some at gunpoint. was like, open up the hatches. So, you know. So then all the black people rushed down there with guns and fucking up the whole place and, you know, doing this whole thing, whole thing, whole thing. While they're doing all that, that's when the scene where the young Fontaine, the 40-year-old Fontaine, the older Fontaine, Fontaine is having that conversation. Whatever. Um, this is where the film, you know, did its sleight of hand. So, in the film, right, uh, you watching it and it would have this layer of um, texture to the entire film. You know how they had it in the set. You watch the 70 movies, you see how it looks grungy and these little things are on the screen that, you know, like it's an old ass movie, you know. Certain parts of the movie was like that, certain parts wasn't. Um, 
But what they were doing was they were showing a change over Q, which is these little quick little circle things that would come to the in a corner of a film, right? And they did it, I believe, four times. You know, they quick. It's it quick. It, you will fucking miss it. It was like boop, a quick little flash, right? And I noticed it immediately because I knew. Um, I remembered it from the movie Fight Club. In <clears throat> Fight Club, I believe it was Tyler, Tyler's character. He stopped, the movie stopped and paused. And he had a maybe about a 40 second conversation about when that thing pop up, pops up with that means. That means that the editor, we're going to change something or something, 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 you know, whatever. But it was too, in, in that movie, it was to signify that the sleight of hand it was to signify that when you saw that now it's Tyler talking when you saw it again it was the other character Brad Pitt's character or whoever was who so boom that's a real industry kind of thing I don't know if they do it now but you know back in the day that was a real that's a real movie industry thing it's not saying something that's made up so when I'm seeing this in the film I saw for the first time when they were on the elevator, all three of them, uh, Nigga's character wearing green, Yo-Yo's yellow, and Jamie Foxx's purple, which of course is the heart, solar plexus, and the uh, uh, crown chakra. Whatever. So I saw it. So I said, okay, so right now, like something's going to happen. You know, something's going to happen right now. Anyway. So in the midst of them basically rioting downstairs that's how they shot it like it, it, it was rioting downstairs and tearing up all the computers and everything i saw that blip and when i saw the little thing in the corner i said oh this is the sleight of hand they're doing right now so what, what it so my theory is that this city of Glen was a very small extremely small part of the global truth of what's going on very small minimum i'll say maybe three percent right it was a flaw it was a false flag scenario so they allowed fontaine yo-yo and jamie fox's character to start this uprise from the beginning that was the plan for them to you know for Fontaine to for for Fontaine now Yo-Yo wasn't a clone she was original she was the only one out of the group that wasn't a clone but they wanted them mainly Fontaine to figure everything out because guys Everything was laid out for them. And I went back and I thought about this. You know, when they first went to the house, this this empty house, it was empty, and but they found the elevator. They pressed one button and the elevator opened. They went down the elevator. Now, remember guys, this organization is well organized. They have monitors and TVs and, 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 and at every inch of this city. One of their entry points will just be unguarded, and you just, they just press a button, not even needing a code or key. Just press the button, 
it, the closet opens up to the elevator. They have access to go down into the elevator. They're not thinking about this at this time, you know. Easy. Go in there, you know, find out everything easy. So they end up leaving there. Then they went to the scene where they went to the chicken joint, the fast food chicken place, where they're eating the food. Everybody's laughing and acting crazy. And then they realize the cold shit is in the food because Jamie Foxx character tasted this cocaine substance in down, down below. And it made him kind of, you know, you know, whatever. So he realized, oh, shit, it's in the chicken. Stop eating the chicken. So, again, the manager was this white guy with an afro. So Yo-Yo character, you know, was using her sexuality and kind of got him in the back office. In this back office, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, daddy, trying to make it seem like he's finna smash or something. And right, right, right there in plain sight is about 20 small monitors showing camera angles from the table of each um, table in the restaurant, you know, of people eating the chicken. Then there was a, a recorder. He, he walked out the office. It was a recorder that he left in the middle of the table where she was standing up. She picks it up and plays the recording and, he, and it's talking about everything they're doing. Oh, the product, the... You know, the, the, the subjects are responding to the compound, that, the, the, laying everything out for her. Then she goes, so he comes back. His back is to the monitor. She's straddling him. The monitor's there. She's clicking buttons while she's, like, grinding on him. And it's showing you now every camera they have, every angle on, on light poles, on mailboxes. She's going. So, guys, if this, this place was so predicated on security and this top secret thing they have to hold secret... They're allowing these three people to figure all of this out. So now it was Jamie Foxx's turn. So remember Fontaine? He was the, the leader when it came to pressing the elevator to go down in that house. Now it's then Yo-Yo at the restaurant. So now they left there. And so they also figured out they were putting chemicals in the perm to make women less aggressive to make them docile so when they would put the perm in their hair they would become less aggressive and become more susceptible to the mind control uh, again yes there's a lot of social comments in there and all that kind of stuff but i'm speaking kind of on the on the on the, the next level down because i could do a whole installment about that you know if that's what you know guys want i can do that all day and it'll be pretty fire because you know whatever um so now Jamie Foxx character, he's in the back of a van and after the shenanigans happen of the perm thing, right? And so they drive off with him, right? So Jamie Foxx and, and, and Yo-Yo, they go look for him and they find the van, right? So the van is, is, is so the, the, the homeless guy in front of the store, he knows something about something, but they think he's crazy. So he says these little things in parables. And he he alludes to uh, a church, Mount Zion Church, whatever. So that they end up leading Yo-Yo and Jamie Foxx to the church. But next to the church was his little warehouse. Then they saw the van that Jamie Foxx was stuck behind of. And they didn't know he was in the van, the, the, the people. But he was back there. They saw the van. They just opened the gate of the, the, you know, the, 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 the fence, opened the fence, and just opened the door. And he comes out. Guys, if you guys have chemicals that's you know mind-altering chemicals you're just gonna have it outside of a warehouse unlocked 
easy. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was, it was no struggle or nothing to whatever. You know, and so they're laying the blip, the breadcrumbs from for these people. But these three people are now so super consumed with the conspiracy of it all, they're not seeing that they're, they're being led this way and again guys the movie is not saying this the movie is not even suggesting this and it, and it did not suggest that they were led to this that they, all this was supposed to happen it was planned to happen the way that it did so anyway they go into the, to the church and you had this whole thing with the church where you know the communion you know when you got to drink the thing is purple is that purple drink and it made all of the people in there like basically like they like act you know like kind of crazy and 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 sheep you know it was kind of promoting like like they're being sheep they're being like you know controlled in the, the path the preacher was which was Alan uh David Allen Greer which I didn't know it was him until I saw the credits uh, but now I see what it was it was definitely him um he was just saying like you know saying this crazy shit like, like you know Oh, it don't matter if you, you know, lose your house. It don't matter if this happened. It don't matter if this happened. And just say, believe in this. But all that stuff that's happening to you right now, forget all that dumb stuff. It don't matter. Let it happen. No big deal. Crazy scene. Um, then they start, people in the audience start like dancing, like, you know, the Holy Ghost. But then they start looking. It turned to something else. Like, they started like twerking. Some people like twerking. It was just, it was crazy. Crazy scene. So anyway afterwards uh so yo-yo character you know she got the got the guy's uh, you know uh, id card to get into places from the chicken place right and uh which was also ludicrous too because later on when they're down when in, in the bottom they have this constant recording playing for all of the workers at the bottom of the ground it says make sure you know you have your id at all times make sure you have ID. so they so that's the thing you know he wouldn't just haphazardly have that car just laying somewhere for her to just easy procure right but whatever so it turns out that that key was now the key that needed to access this secret elevator under the pulpit where the preacher preached so they went in there and you know whatever uh you know, so everything is being laid out for them to do. So back to Jamie Foxx rallying all these gangsters up. Like, so we don't like, like there was no alarm that they was coming. You know, they have cameras everywhere. No cameras was disabled. You you see in the streets all of these thousands, I mean, hundreds of cars driving with guns out. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they were able to just break in that organization so easily. The door was just literally left open for them to come in there to do it. And so at the scene of young Fontaine, middle-aged Fontaine, and old Fontaine, it's my theory that the old Fontaine is also a clone. He's not the original Fontaine. He's also a clone. But so early in the movie, uh, Keith, Keither, I'm saying his name, Kiefer, I've been saying Keith, but Keith for Sutherland's character was explaining during his monologue that everybody is here to play their role. And he emphasized that everybody's here to play their role. Fontaine, we need a drug dealer. Uh, whatever the pimp was, Jamie Fox, we need a pimp. We need a hoe. And like he said, they only close clone certain individuals to play roles. The preacher was a clone. Um, the homeless guy out there was a clone. They had certain people around in the city as only being clones. 
And so while this older Fontaine was thinking he was he's the the top dog who created this whole thing, he wasn't. He was a clone, and that was the sleight of hand. Um, so one driving force with Fontaine was the death of his brother. They, they he was so devastated over that that whole idea, and so on the desk of the older Fontaine is a picture of him and Ronnie. Right? But this picture... Now, remember, this dude is 75 years old. So this picture is like when this guy was maybe 20. So that would probably be about, you know, 55 years in the past. But the picture is a Polaroid, right? And you're looking at the picture, you're like, that's not a picture that was taken, you know, 55 years ago. Like, no. It... It was grossly obvious a recent type picture within the next past couple of years from the the, the brightness of the photo, from what they were wearing. It was like, this is not a photo taken 55 years in the past. You know what I'm saying? And it was glaringly obvious um, to where I couldn't even shake it. And so the... So this dude thinking he was the one who created this whole program of cloning, this Fontaine, this guy. And my theory is that he wasn't. He he died like that, killed off, dead, boom. This whole thing of Glenn was a false flag given by the shadow organization. Because in the midst of all this battle, you hear a a, a walkie-talkie saying... Oh, the West Wing has been taken, but you know we we only experienced minimum damage. Meaning, like th- this was a controlled thing to happen. Um, so then, when all the all of the the clones come out, the news is there. Every they flashing through the, the news channel, just flash, 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 flash. Everybody's talking about these clones. This organization that did all of this stuff, been doing it for decades. All of a sudden, will allow a news broadcasting of their big top secret. Ain't no way. They wanted the information out. You get me? Hence the film. These things happen. The cloning things, guys. I can, I can go on and on about that. Okay, on and on. But this is not a new thing. They've done that decades ago. Decades, and they're done with it. They they moved on to the next phase. If they cloned, they, they probably would clone for some quick little thing, you know, like some, you know, not like they have to clone the masses. And it's not just black people either. Um, but so the in the film, they wanted that to happen. That whatever Glenn what Glenn was the experiment was the, the, the catalyst to the next phase of what they wanted to happen. Because this shadow organization, from their resources, what they were doing, there's no way that they would allow one newscaster on that scene. Zero. They probably own the news. You know? That's how large this organization, you know, was was, was um, kind of um, suggested in this thing. And just for them to, and then what annoyed me slightly was that when the black people got down there, you know, oh yeah, we're gonna fuck your shit up. Yeah, and then he made the phone call, hey man, you know where I'm at, cuz? I'm, I'm that, I'm, I'm underground, man. You should come through. 
man, bring Samantha with you, man. And then, then when the news came out, hey, y'all, 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 you know, gang, gang, gang. Yeah, man, clone acting like straight fucking buffoons, bro. Straight fucking buffoons. And what you quickly learned was, in the midst of truth, right? That sound preachy? In a, in a midst of truth, we still will be the same. We will not allow that truth to transcend us in any way. And they highlighted that. They didn't the movie was not saying that. The movie was not trying to say that. Right? This is the subtlety that if you're Dakota, you would pick up quickly. You know? The the three main characters, yeah, you know, I'ma quit hoeing. Yeah, I'ma quit being a pimp. You're like, yeah, I don't know what my fun thing, I don't know what I'm gonna do. They all decided to move to Memphis. There was no there was no sense of wow, they were actually poisoning us. Wow, you know, they were actually cloning us. They were doing, they, they were mind controlling us. It was like, no, you see all these black people running around, throwing up gang sound, like, yeah, hey, shout out to my cousin Pookie. The, you know, and, it, and it's, I'm not saying that the behavior is, 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 is wrong, but it lets you know, you guys just uncovered a huge conspiracy that was pretty, that, that was predicated on, um, mind control to you and 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 to hold it for generations and you just like nothing like nothing so again this movie was not making this com- it wasn't trying to make this commentary you know um it wasn't at all but um but again this is what the power did then of course with the real tyrone being in there, so it lets you know like this thing is way more bigger than whatever one little tiny city that this was, and it, you know it's up to interpretation that if this city was even a real city, if maybe it was, you know, who knows? Because Yo-Yo's character kept saying she's she's been trying to get to Memphis, Tennessee. We don't. They never say what state they're in. They never say what state they're in, but she was always in the state of going. It's almost almost like she can't go because there's nowhere to go. You get it? Like it's almost like nowhere to go outside of Glen. That's kind of kind of a vibe I got. Um, it's nowhere to go outside of Glen. So anyway, so with the commentary of um, you know, even discovering this information, that the subjects still would not change because they're, they're so mind controlled to not change themselves or to whatever. So then, now, I'm outside of the movie now. Now, it's me outside the movie, looking at the movie. So, I'm saying to myself, why would they be doing this? Same thing in Glenn. They could put this out. So, I'm scouring social medias, and I see people talking about it, and most people are, you know, making the jokes about it, and, and like, you know, just making the commentary to get the likes, and making jokes, and, oh, man, I eat no more chicken, all this kind of stuff, right? And so, it's almost like, we're just telling you what we did back in the day. Hence, why they had an undertone of the 70s. That that was the point. They had the undertone of, of the 70s to let you know this happened a long time ago. Like, we've we done this a long time ago. These little things that they, they, they suggest um, that they do. And it's like, we're going to show you this right now. And none of you are going to take it with a level of this actually happened and what are we doing now 
we're telling you this. They don't create something. They don't do something and then tell you about it. No, they they wait decades to mention anything. You know, yeah. Oh, we finally cloned a sheep, or or we almost close to doing this. I mean, they've already done that, and they're gonna trickle that to you now. You know. Guys, this alien stuff that they're talking about already coming out with, with aliens, like, it's to my opinion, guys. I'm, and again, this is a side thing. There is no aliens. There is no aliens. That's that's a man-made short. That's a man-made concept. And what we may see things in the sky, but that's them. That that's that's us doing that. To whatever. I don't want to get there. Um. Anyway, uh, the movie, the movie. If you watch it for face value, it was it, it was very entertaining. It was very entertaining. I like it. I might watch it again. It was entertaining. Um, um, but there is another. There's a story that's being. There's, there's something that's being. There's a commentary being said behind the obvious, and I believe that that it's saying that um, um, that. They're on to bigger and better things in there, and I think it's I think it's interesting that this is happening. This movie come out in the midst of Jamie Foxx's situation with his health. It could be correlated. Not sure. Didn't think about it. May or may not ponder on that. But I think it was it was, it was interesting. Anyway, guys, this is a very long installment. It's almost an hour. I never do it this long. I'm I'm sorry, but. It's even more to the film that I didn't say because I have to kind of stay within an hour um, from the service I'm using to record. But, and I'm not going to make another part because I need to go smoke a cigar. So, yeah. Anyway, Anthony with Anthony with Anti-Everything Podcast. Have a good day.